When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Geekscapists? We're here at Forbidden Planet in New York City, just south of Union Square, and this is your New York edition of Geekscape. Dos. We'll be back on the West Coast next week, but uh, this week I had to be here for work, so why not bring you the greatest movies, video games, and comic book podcast straight from the source. Uh, Forbidden Planet is, I mean, I love the store in London. I've loved this store back when I went to school down here. Um, well, I've Great. got two New Yorkers here with me. Free bag and bones. Uh, this man should be no stranger to you. This is uh, a man who's on the forums every day. This is uh, Mr. Big Yanks from the forums. Big Yanks. Back in effect. He is, he is back. Uh, we haven't seen you since, a, since an early episode. Yeah, I want to recant a statement. I like Sam Raimi now. You like Sam Raimi now? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, he was I saw, talking trash on Sam Raimi yeah, two I, years ago. I love Drag Me to Hell. I got to take it back. Okay. So, so you guys are, are familiar with Big Yanks in the digital form. Here he is in the flesh. and uh, Extra flesh. Are you excited to be back on Geekscape? Before we talk about it, though, we got to talk about the, the the brothers who aren't here, right? Clanstone and uh, Tiny Grass. Right, we got Frank Sanders. This episode's out to Frank Sanders and our good buddy Christopher Yeeman. Frank hey, Frank has the flu. Wait. He could he could have shown up. Scorpion flu? Yeah, he probably got it from one of his scorpion collection. He, this scorpion dude has flu. a live scorpion collection. Yeah, and, and what's yeah, funny, and, and we got Jim Pellegrinelli back here, who I went to school with. I got to tell you. Uh, you need to Okay, okay. Well, I got to tell you, Scott, when uh, when I found out that I was going to go to, uh, when I told him I was coming to New York, he said, why don't you come and hang out with me at my house? That's probably the biggest mistake. Yeah, you, no, you only make that mistake once. He has his little <laughs> Hansel and Gretel dungeon trying to trick you. Hey, you've been to his house. Fuck no. Okay, okay. Um, so, so Frank has the flu. Chris, like, fractured, fractured his, his foot. Fractured his foot. He almost got hit by a car. He almost got hit by a car, so thank God that he guy. Fell off uh, his bike. Is he, he fell off his bike? Yeah, I think okay. on Death Boulevard or Woodhaven Boulevard. Okay, so so next to me is, is a buddy who introduced me to a lot of uh, of geek stuff back when we were at Columbia. Oh yes, you're the reason I saw Deep Rising. Yes, you got you uh, got to put this close to your mouth. You want it closer? You want it closer to my mouth? You just you just you just want phallic shaped things Jim closer Pellegrini, to my mouth. That's you, all you're about, dude. I know you. You you wrote a couple gauntlet articles for the website. You got to get back on that. I do need to get back on that. In fact, I'm I'm coming up with one which I think is going to stem out of some of the stuff we're talking about today. Oh oh. <laughs> But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Well, you guys know the way we do this show. We talk about movies, then we talk about some comic books, then we talk about video games. Uh, Jim here was nice enough to take the major bullet this week. I took a big, I took a big <laughs> ass cultural. Why don't you stand separate here? To the chest. Guys, of course, the big release this week. You. 
had to be Twilight. This is the Twilight. second movie, New Moon. Yes. Did you guys watch any New Moon? You guys who work here, everyone's basically shaking their heads. Like, why would you, you didn't see that movie? Gross. <laughs> well, we do not have any Twilight. Well, what house. is your name? Wow. I'm that's the nice version. We have people yelling it gross. It's well of the management policy here at Forbidden Planet. It's a <laughs> so, guys, uh, Jim actually took that bullet. Uh, last and night, I'm still feeling it, dude. Last night we were hanging out, and uh, and well, you you went to see New Moon. This is the sequel. Well, well first off, we should, what is we should, this? We should go point that out your before mouth. before we get into that. We should get into what happened to us last night oh. when we were going to see another movie. Last night we went down to the Bowery to see a movie called Red Cliff. This is John Woo's uh, excellent, kick-ass going, Asian let's talk about action that movie. historical epic. John Woo made some amazing movies in the '80s, early '90s, and then he moved to the to, to the, Hollywood. To Hollywood, and he just kind of made movies that kinda weren't as good as the Killer. Made movies that weren't as good, and then and then Paycheck. What the fuck was he in that movie about? I still Paycheck. Uh, I saw Paycheck. Is is it just really the title? Is that was it? What is it about? <laughs> was it about getting like getting like like. A, t- a nine-figure director fee for John Woo. So I mean, the pay- sorry, pay- not, not, Paycheck not was nine, kind of his billion, Paycheck know, like. and Wind Talkers was kind of his freebie for having done <laughs> Mission Impossible Two. Because Mission Impossible Two, <laughs> Mission Impossible Two opened huge, as bad as that movie was. It, oh God, it opened huge. You cannot get away from Talking that. You cannot get away from that movie. You cannot get away from Tom Cruise's haircut and the fu- and the fucking flapping pigeons. Remember this. Uh. Where they kept Kevin Skin? Yes. Mask. So, so he he had some failures in Hollywood, critically, mm-hmm. and then he went back to China, Hong Kong. Eighty million dollar epic to make this. It's an eighty million dollar epic. Mil- and, and, the, and the the international version, which is not being released here, the one that's that's broken box office records in China, is has surpassed Titanic as the biggest box office draw of all time in China. Well, what I heard was that it's, it's a, the, the Chinese version is it's a five-hour movie. It's two movies. It's Red Cliff 1 and 2, and then they cut it down into one movie. Cut it down into to make, one movie. Uh, for to the, make what for, we saw last for night. For us Yankees, yes. So, so we go down to New York, and we're going to go see an 830 Red Cliff. Yeah. We're, and and we're we walk right it. up to the Sunshine Theater. We're meeting you the there. The Sunshine is a nice little hallmark of independent cinema, and you can go see things like A Serious Man and... So what, what do we what happened to us when we, we got there? We walk into the fucking Twilight premiere. <laughs> we had to stand there for about. We had to 20 stand minutes. there. We couldn't get we in couldn't, the rain. Yeah, in the rain. We couldn't go get our tickets. We couldn't go into the theater. Couldn't do anything. Yeah, the, and there were cops like directing people, like shoving them off the sidewalk, not letting them go down. But the, the fans were crazy. Oh my I guess God, the stars like, were there. Yeah, and, and there they were they squealing fifteen-year-old girls that you could hear probably from like six blocks away. Yeah, uh, it was intense. And I actually <laughs> took a photo of Scott. Daniel and uh, Jim for you guys. It's up on the screen right now. This is the, my three boys at the Twilight premiere on the red carpet, standing in front of the marquee. We couldn't get away from this movie, man. It's that big. We, we, <laughs> it, it, we're going it, it, to see another movie, and we get sucked into the vortex of and it. And then once we went in there, uh, we, we went to see Red Cliff, and I thought Red Cliff was phenomenal. This is the movie we've all been waiting for John Woo to do. It's sort of a reset movie for mm-hmm. him. And it's like, you know, uh, people like Ang Lee, uh, directors who, who've come from that kind of background and have, have had success in America, so some of the most critically uh, amazing movies have been done back in China. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And this, what's it, this movie about? Uh, it's, it's relationships, relationships, Chinese history, uh, strategy. Okay. The unification well, of the country. I'll, I'll set it up. This is it, it's it's I, I, it's two hundred and eight, <laughs> China. The northern powers have pretty much wiped the map of all the warlords. Yeah, you're doing much tra- better. I'm, I was going to get into the plot they're, specifics. They're I was, I was the like country. reaching for theme. There are two holdouts in the south, and these individuals, uh, 
One of them is an older uh, one of them, warlord, one of them's an older guy who's been one. getting his ass kicked, and one of them's a younger guy who hasn't done He's anything. He's been a pacifist. Yeah. And they unite to make sure uh, that the North doesn't end up enslaving them. So Specifically uh, this one guy, the prime minister who runs the North. How do you pronounce it? Shao Shao? Uh, so what happens is Shao Shao has this incredible force. He's headed south. Yeah, he outnumbers them. Like it, it's like 800,000 to something like 50,000 or something like that. And these two armies have to band together to uh, repel his forces. And uh, the movie was incredible. Uh, this is one of my top five movies of the year. If you guys are looking for a war epic and a period piece, this is the movie this I would it. recommend. Yeah, it, it, this is it. There's nothing like this coming out from like the states and the studios. Look like, who snuck over here. You guys know Scott. Why are you checking your phone? My phone was ringing in my pocket. But the, the, the thing about the movie is I found it's really a movie about relationships. How two men can find love in a battlefield in a tight shot. <laughs> and that really, the, 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 I think one of the, also the, the important focuses of the movie was that the, the woman's part in a marriage the important woman's part in a marriage is really to sacrifice her own life so the man can win the battle that he needs to win. I think this is what's being said. Well, there's some of that. There are a ton of characters in this movie, and one thing that I get there to is give a it props on is that it did a good job of setting up every character individually mm -hmm. and economically so that you clearly, through the rest of the movie, as these characters interact, you can clearly see who is who. And who's you know, on you, which side? You, you, who's going to kiss who? And who's <laughs> going to kiss who? There were a lot of shots of, of, of guys looking face-to-face -face like this. Mm. And we were just like, I kiss mean, him. It, it was a widescreen movie. He didn't have to put the shot like that. You know, I'm just saying. Like, but he wanted but I think to. He, he wanted it. Deep down. Deep down, uh, he wanted it. The movie's huge. It reminded me a lot of uh, the late 90s. It was a movie ba uh, based on the novel uh, uh, Gettysburg. It was uh, based on the Killing Angels or the other mm -hmm, one. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it had, like, Jeff Daniels in it. And I thought that was another two-and-a-half-hour epic that was paced really well. And uh, yeah, showed no, a realistic aspect with a bit of fantastic. Very similar feel. Big, broad scope. Lots of characters. Everybody's got a vested interest in the outcome of this thing, and everybody's trying to do their own part to win it. So, looking at this movie, would you agree with me that it's one of—I mean, it's one of my top five movies of the year? But what? what, what I would looking say at the end of the year, what are some of yours? I would, I would say it's up there. It's definitely up there. It's one of the better things I've seen in a while. Uh, let me see. What, what are my favorites so far this year? Up is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. But it's Pixar. I mean, Pixar is like if it's not if it's not in my like top five, like they're doing something wrong. Right, and that's only been one time so far. Well, I, I saw um, cars. I was I, I liked the cars, but but I, my I liked five, it, you, but it just doesn't it doesn't measure up. As the geeks start to compile their list at the end of the year, you got to start thinking about J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Mm -hmm. You oh, got to start yeah. thinking about District Nine. Yeah, District Nine. I would also I would de definitely put those two up there as well. Uh, my favorite indie was uh, A World's Greatest Dad, the one with Robin Williams. I have not that seen that movie. Is awesome. You talked you talked about that a little bit last I, night. I loved that movie. Um, and, and, and you have a movie that's on your list now, uh, this new moon. So, so, so last, night, last night we were talking, oh. and I kind of took advantage of you because you admitted that you were unemployed right now. And I was like, oh, then you'll have no problem going to see New Moon and reviewing yes, it for us. I, I was willing to take that, that particular shotgun load to the chest and emphasis on load. Oh. <laughs> we can't not have references to so, load, dude. So did you see the first one? Yes, I saw the first one. I Netflixed it just to see if there was like anything substantive to the hype, which really wasn't i mean this is a movie that's like geared the second for a sequel what's the sequel about oh, i uh, it's 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 about an hour too long um but no it's really about like the continuing saga of this tragic romantic couple and like how they're like the center of the world and like everything revolves around them but ultimately like unless you're a fan you are not gonna get, get like you anything. didn't care no i i really could not care less 
and like they split up and they're all despondent and Kristen Stewart mopes for like five minutes while the camera circles her and the seasons change. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts seeing like this this werewolf guy with like Fabio hair, and then he cuts his hair, and he turns he find she finds out he's a werewolf, but she's not gonna go there because she's still hung up on uh, what's his what's his name? The Downey. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Iggy, Robert. The Iggy Pop looking motherfucker. Patterson. You know who I'm talking about. And so and so this movie um, changed you. Uh. <laughs> you, 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 despite how you feel, you got to say that this is a huge cultural event, and it's even permeated some places in culture that may not even be acceptable to the everyday. You sent me an email with a picture or with a link to a certain product that's oh, being yes. sold. What is this thing? See, there's two sides to this thing. There's two sides where where there's, there's no no hang on hang on but. Well, there's the, there's the side where this is an allegory for, like, true love waits and, like, because basically the, the, how this movie ends is she wants to be a vampire, but he's like, no, I can't do that to you. I can't do that to you. And ultimately, she, like, has his family, like, vote on whether or not she's going to do this. Right. And they all say yes. And she became a vampire. No, she doesn't. Okay. He says, I want to wait three years and I want to marry you. Oh, then you can become a vampire. What kind of Christian wet dream of Whoa, a vampire careful. movie is this? Is this Park <laughs> oh. Sorry, I, I know I'm, I'm getting a little extra salty at the moment, but that's that's the kind of reaction that this movie provokes in me. But it was Mormon. <laughs> yes, it, yes, this is vampire fiction that could only be conceived by a Mormon. So, so what are some of the? Let's talk about the specific project pro, product that you emailed me. What is this? Mm? Oh yes, yes. Well, there's the other side. Like we we have the Christian fundamentalist, true love waits fantasy side, and we also have the. Uh... Sorry, there there there's a young man uh, here who's listening rather intently to me. You, and... Are you a Twilight fan? No. Okay. Well, you probably shouldn't hear what he's about to well, say. Well, there there's also the hardcore deviant sexual fetishist side of what the Twilight this fan base. <laughs> what, is, what is this you found on the internet? This is a real product. I have not in any way concocted, photoshopped, done anything. I will put. We should we're post the links. It up we're going to put the links in. Go we're we're going to put the photo in. There is a Twilight-themed dildo. What? <laughs> and it's 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 sold as such. It's it's marketed as such by some vendors. Like the manufacturer specifically is like not mar naming it as such to avoid like nasty copyright issues and being sued by multinational corporations. But. Um, it's got some features. It's it's called the Vamp. <laughs> and what it, what are what are some of these features? What? It's pale white, uh -huh. extra, extra pale white, like alabaster white, with an enlarged head and subtle veining. <laughs> I'm reading. From, this is from the product description. And it sparkles. It sparkles. It sparkles. So you can take it out in the sunshine and have your own twilight experience. Uh. That's but horrible. hold on, hold on. Yeah. For the extra real authentic vampire experience, it is cast from silicone, which retains temperature, so you can put it in the fridge and get that ultra-authentic... They don't advertise that. Yes, they do. Oh. It's in the product description. And in fact, like the, the people who have bought it have actually been rather effusive about it in the uh, product commentaries, and I think I have for us here the most disturbed Twilight fan in the world. Oh, wow. wow. This is, uh, what, what, what is this you're doing for us here? Uh, I saved this earlier. What is Hang this? On, I gotta find this. Wow, this is a this is a uh, sneak preview. This but, is a surprise, folks. Oh, I didn't know that you were. It's not a pleasant I didn't one. know that you were preparing evidence here on the show. Hang on. What, what is this? You're reading a product review. Yes, I'm going through product reviews for the vamp. Can you save this to your phone? What happens if your phone gets like picked up? People are gonna think you're a weirdo. Yeah, but that's not the only what thing on there. What is this? But say? anyway, 
Let's see, we have Bella, 18, who writes, includes some interesting side effects. Pillow shredding is expected. Pillow shredding? <laughs> what else? What else? Hang on. I, I'm, I gotta scroll down through it. I didn't quite prepare well enough, but I have like this one reviewer who is uh -huh. the most disturbed one. <laughs> uh, you're gonna. I don't think you read this all the way. I sent. I sent you these earlier. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. No. I, I saw. I saw what it was. It was like there's. You know. I, I got. A, I got everything I need. What is oh, this? Oh, hang on. Maggie wrote on August thirtieth, two thousand nine. OMG! I love the Twilight series so much. This. I'm gonna say it. This dildo is great because one minute I shut my eyes and pretend I am screwing Edward with his cold, sparkling marble cock. <laughs> Then the next, I warm it up and pretend Jacob is go is doing me from behind. You know, doggy style, LOLZ. <laughs> Hang on, there's more. No! I have multiples because sometimes I like to pretend they are both ravishing my body at the same time. <laughs> Wait. Wait. Also, I like to tie them to my cats and pretend they are were-vamp kitties. Wait, 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 well, what did you just say? You like to tie them to me? This woman, Maggie, likes to tie them to her cats and pretend they are were-vamp kitties. <laughs> Hang on. I just <laughs> how, can there, how can there possibly be more? Either this, either this is like the, 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 guy, the funniest guy on the planet, or this is somebody who makes me want to inform the ASPCA. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just wish a balls were included with the shaft so that... <laughs> Edward and Jacob <laughs> could wow. take turns teabagging. Okay. Well, on that note, we got to we got to change this up. Uh, we we can censor it later perhaps. <laughs> that that's brutal. That is enough. And that. that wasn't even all of it. So, you also went to see the box. So, you guys you guys need to find something over here? What do you got? Um it's going to it might be a while. What are you guys looking for? Pokémon cards. Look at this. We I got should be nowhere near this here. section of the store. <laughs> Look at this. Which one do you want? Look at that. I think I'm going to be forever exiled from Forbidden Planet after this broadcast, but... Jim, it's a good thing we only come into New York sporadically. <laughs> um, I wasn't so expecting this quite clientele. I was hoping for a little more isolation, but this is such a unique moment that I just had to share, and I, I thought you'd appreciate it. So, guys, um, Jim was nice enough... Did you, you didn't pay for this movie, did you? I did pay for this movie, but then I theater hopped to see another movie, so... I kind of wish I could have paid for the other ticket because I actually enjoyed the other movie. What was it? The Box. What is that movie? That is the new Richard Kelly movie, which came out a few weeks ago with Cameron Diaz and James Marsden and Frank Langella. What's it about? Uh, it's about a guy uh, and his wife. He works at NASA, and she's a teacher, and they're having money troubles. And this guy shows up on their doorstep, unbidden, and he gives them a box, which has a button in it, and he says, push the button. You'll get $1 million dollars. But somebody you don't know somewhere, anywhere in the world, wow. will die. Okay. So it's like a morality play. Yeah, it's, it's very Twilight Zone-esque in like the sense that you don't know who this guy is or where he comes from, but he's clearly for real. Okay. And, and I think it was based on a Twilight Zone episode, uh, was, loosely. I, I, I don't know if they ever made an actual Twilight Zone episode of it. It's based on a short story by Richard Matheson, oh, who yeah. wrote I Am Legend. Right. And I want to say Hell House? Yeah, Hell House. And so, uh, and so what happens in this movie? They, they've got this box, and they need the money. Even they definitely he, even need the money. Even though he works money. at NASA. Well, he, he's a researcher. He's, he's not like an janitor. astronaut. Okay. So, so he's like one of those guys who's good at stuff, but he's like he's decidedly middle class, and he's reaching for upper middle class, but he still can't afford it. Okay. Like he's got like a midlife crisis mobile that he should not be driving. Okay. 
and, um, and, and it's it's granted it's it's a Corvette Stingray. I wouldn't want to give it my Corvette Stingray either. And this and this issue like causes rifts in their relationship. It causes some rifts in their relationship, but at the same time, once they do this, like there's all these consequences that start happening to them, and it's clear that they're part of some overarching experiment that they don't understand. Oh. So now they gotta get out or escape. Mm -hmm. So does it well, go? How high concept does it get? Does it, it gets reasonably high concept. It's, um, I mean, it's you, you'll you'll know where exact. You'll have uh, some answers by the end of the story. You will not have all of them, and I think it definitely plays out a little creepier because of that, and it's a little more effective because of that. Uh -huh. um, but it, it's it's a it's a pretty substantial movie. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Well, thanks for taking the bullet on Twilight. <laughs> And then, yes, and th thank you for taking the subsequent And then having kids bullet. come in. And while, while I'm I'm reading explicit product descriptions off of adult web pages, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't even get to the part with the donkey punch. Get out of here. <laughs> no, you're lying. Hang on. I have to go back. No, you know what? I think we got it. Just... Can you I post like, it on the forums? Yes, Can you post I suppose, link, I, suppose I could post the link in like the full product review on the forums. Where do they sell these things? Uh, adult novelty type places, apparently. <laughs> okay, um, so we we got a couple movies coming out. Now we're going into Hollywood, uh, the holiday season. Yes, holiday prestige. What Oscar are the ones you're looking forward to? Because we've already kind of talked about our fa our favorite movies of the year. What about the like avatars and? Up in the air, and some of these movies. Avatar, are I'm interested in. I'm not. I mean, it's been how many years since James Cameron? That's the big one, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's the big one. That's like the side. big one that's got my fanboy like side like a little tweaked to see to see what what he's do, doing and what, exactly what this is about and what direction it's going to go in. And they're these blue guys, and I don't know who the hell they are. No, the Navi. Um, okay, you've you've been clearly reading more preview material than I have. Yeah, I mean that's the way it goes. Uh, what are you looking forward to, Big Yanks, here in in, uh, in the holiday season? Princess in the frog. Princess in the frog. You get it. Here, come over here. Okay, talk. yeah, he. This is a family man, so the the priorities may shift a little. Come here, Yanks. We do have a lot of uh, parents in the uh, Geekscape audience. Take the, take the mic. Some, of them, are are, some, of, the some of them, unlike me, are fit to, to look after children and not say bad things in front of them. <laughs> wow. Uh, princess and the Frog. She wants to see that. She wants to get her little Princess Tane to make over amid the controversy that she's black. Well, there is, some, there is some controversy around yeah. this because there, there's a feeling that there may be some racial stereotyping right, in this right. movie. You have the mulatto prince and... Uh, uh, backwater fly, who's like, you know, I don't know, some weird old accent. Well, the whole thing's set in New Orleans as well, isn't it? Go ahead. You know more than me. I, I don't know that much, actually. <laughs> uh, let's see. What I'm, let's see. If we're go, going back to the Dead prestige air. Oscar side, I'm kind of looking forward to Invictus. That is the Clint Eastwood directed movie about uh, South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Matt Damon, Morgan Freeman as, Mandel, as Nelson Mandela, Mandela, where Nelson Mandela asks. Matt Damon's character, I can't remember his name, it may be Invictus for all Invictus. I know, uh, to lead the South African rugby team to a World Cup, which was, a, for some people, feels like a watershed moment where South Africa kind of redefined itself and emerged as a new country after apartheid. I don't know what else is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It sounds like a dead holiday. Oh. Well, you see what you, you do see what I'm wearing, well, yes. 
Scott is out. This, for, yeah. for many of your Geek Tape fans already aware, this is the orange lantern symbol, as seen featured prominently in books like Green Lantern and, of course, Blackest Night. Are you reading Blackest Night, Jonathan, or no? If, if, you're reading, if you say you're reading comics, you're you have to read Blackest Night. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good point. I mean, it is that big and defining an event with so much going on. I mean, a lot of the tie-ins and peripherals feel peripheral. I mean, not all of them are as essential to reading and understanding the story and seeing where it's going, but some of them are still kind of. Did enjoyable. you get like the Doom Patrol? And yeah, I was. I was, I was actually already reading Doom Patrol, but I did. I, I have to admit, I did pony up for some of the books I was not buying, so I could have the plastic rings. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. <laughs> yes, those little bits of future landfill are now credited to me. My local comic store just gave them to me without buying the books. Yeah, they love you better than, than yeah, they love well, me and mine, I guess. More, yeah, I'm there more often. And I'm just a weekly but guy. But they, they, they're coming up with like a break with like a month of bringing back discontinued books, right? Yeah, that's that's right. They're bringing back, not only are they bringing back characters from the dead, they are bringing back titles from the, the dead. Right. They're bringing back The Question, Adam and Hawkman. Starman. Starman. Uh, who am I forgetting? Suicide Squad. Which I'm very much looking forward to, since John Ostrander is actually writing that one. Am I the only person that read on NPR that there may be a new installment in the Sandman series? Ooh. Am I the only person who read this on NPR? I'm the only possibly. Person who read yes. This on NPR. I, Did anybody else hear this on NPR? Nobody. Listen to NPR. No, I was no, reading I it do. on the thing. <laughs> I, I could be totally wrong, but once again, Jonathan. Oh, I've never read Sandman. Not a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> But at some point you were interested in 15-year-old girls, yes? Yeah, right? Shut your mouth right now. I mean, when you were like 17 or 16. And you never... Because no, that, was pretty much, that was pretty much when Sandman Sam came out when I was that you age. You read Sandman, yes? So yes, I, I wanted to, be, I wanted to like appear relatively cool to those girls who might actually know it existed back, down, back then. Well, you know, it's mythology. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's not fables and mythology and all that kind of stuff coming together. It's, you know, and it's good, but ultimately... Uh, same problem I have with everything Neil Gaiman writes. Mm. Anticlimactic finale. True. Very hugely anticlimactic finale. The only finale that he's written that I've actually liked is Coraline, and that was less than 200 pages. Right. Well, maybe this new book is the, the, the ending we were all dreaming of. Mm, no, he pretty much, like, there was an ending to the last one. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if there's a new book. <laughs> well, there can't really be an ending because they're called the Endless. I'm just saying. If they end, that means, like, existence is over and there's no more stories. We've watched Lost, and we've all seen that the end is not always the end. That's a good point, actually. You know what I mean? This is very true. Yes. And do we want to start speculating on that in particular, since we've kind of gotten off on... I suppose we could. Yes. They just announced uh, this week, February 2nd, they're going to kick off the final season. Exciting. T starting Tuesdays. And appropriately enough, Groundhog Day, a day of portent in and of itself. Amen. And a day that for Bill Murray just never seemed to end, much like Time on the Island never seems to end. It's true. <laughs> I'm wondering, though, and we had this discussion yesterday. We did have a bit of a discussion after we, we parted from the group on the subway. Seeing Juliet is now on... on the, yeah, she's a cast v. regular on V. Does which, which Does Juliet Mitchell... Does Juliet, does Juliet the character have a future on Lost, or was she... Was she the only person who's going to be blown up by the nuke? Because uh. effectively, though, if I mean the whole idea was, okay, we blow up, we blow up the hatch. That's going to be a big cosmic reset. But nobody ever goes to the island 
which means that Juliet is still on the island because she was on the island before they showed up, so she's still technically alive if that plays out the way they think. Right. What if Richard is Jack just after the island heals him after the blast? Mm. I'm just saying, no, I'm just flowing with it. Like, anything's possible. I've never seen Jack use that much eyeliner, so I think that's, that's You know what I'm kinda, saying, though? Like, anything's possible. Goose chase there. I'm just, I mean, they set off a nuke. Like, if there's a reset button, anything's possible. Did you hear about the commercials they played at Comic-Con? No, actually. It's like, one of the commercials is like, it's uh, Hurley. He's doing, uh, uh, what's the chicken shack? That he, oh, oh, God. Uh, well, he's, he's, doing the, he's doing a commercial for the chicken shack. For the like, chicken shack actually, like, he, like he never, like, he made it, and he was rich, and he owns the chain, and it's just like cluck something, cluck. Mr. Clucks? Mr. Mr. I think it's Mr. Clark. Anyway, so it's like, it's like they there was no plane accident. He got his money. He's spending it. He owns the whole chain now, and you see, uh, what's her face? Uh, home great uh, home wrecker. What's her name? Kate. Kate. There we go. <laughs> the She's home still wrecker. Who else could She's see? still on the lamb. You know, it's just basically if there was, you just see different shots of their lives of the plane crash never happened basically. Yeah, that plane at Comic-Con, apparently, so. But hang on, if the plane crash never happens, what is the show going to be about, exactly? I mean, are there still people stuck on the island? Uh, and what the hell was up with Locke, and Locke not being Locke, apparently? Locke being the, the other guy. Locke being Blackie, as I've heard him referred to yeah. in various internet writings. Oh, no. Well... The smoke. Well, the, there is some interesting stuff about the smoke. The smoke monster was the bad brother, you know, the Cain and Abel story, and he went into Locke's. He took Locke's form. That's why Locke is really dead. The second Locke is the black smoke monster. I actually would lend some credence to this theory simply because, like, prior to some manifestations of the smoke monster, or after, like, or immediately in the vicinity, we do see dead people. Ben saw his daughter. Mr. Right. Echo saw his brother. Right. So. Manifestations of dead people have happened, including Jack's father as well. So it's true. So they could be re very well be related. That's it's not a bad theory. It's it's one that I'm interested to see what, how it plays out if it's right. Yeah. I but ultimately, hmm? I, I thought that was the finale. They showed that it was the smoke monster it was him, and he took the form of Locke. Well, we know that that Locke was not Locke. We just don't know who he was right. exactly, because Locke's body was still in that box that that those other folks were carrying the shadow of the statue right 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 what else is good on tv i i am still currently lamenting the loss of dollhouse yeah me and about 10 other folks i heard they're going to air all these season the episodes they, they are going to air the remainder of the season apparently are you out on this one uh, they dropped it for november sweeps because it was apparently a ratings black hole and uh it, it, fox just decided to drop the axe on it but they are going to finish filming the remaining episodes. They are going to air them all, supposedly. If not, there will be an ev inevitable and eventual DVD sale. Now, are they going to... Uh, I, don't, I mean, I haven't read anything on it. I want, I'm going to be interested to see how they link it to that post-apocalyptic episode. Epitaph one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it seems like they are building... I mean, it's it, it may be a question of they don't have enough time to like develop that much more mythology. Right. Sad, sad to say. I mean, but who knows? I mean... Another thing about Whedon properties is they seem to live on despite cancellation. Yeah, whether on TV or either in comic book form. Either TV, film, comic book form. It's also, I'm, I mean, there may be a slim hope that some other network might try and give it a shot, but yeah. who knows. It's always interesting to see how, I mean, 
just never seems to never seems to be a smooth path for no. him. At, at least after after Buffy and Angel. Yeah. Sadly, but uh, and also his movie has been pushed. Cabin in the Woods, which was, I believe, supposed to be coming out later this winter in February, has been pushed, I think, almost a full year, according to some bits that I was reading, because uh, they're adding the 3D process to it. Wow. So it will be a three-dimensional feature. That'll be fun. Um, I don't know. I'm, 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 how do you feel about the whole 3D thing? I'm a little torn about it sometimes, and sometimes it feels gratuitous. And, and right now, they're only tacking it to two things. They're tacking it to, like... Horror movies and kids and movies. Kids movies. I think that it can save some movies. Like Jonathan and I were talking about yesterday, uh, uh, a prime example of that, which was was uh, Beowulf. <laughs> I saw that movie in 3D IMAX and loved every minute of it. And I, I mean, saw it Jonathan said he saw it twice. I saw it on cable and I thought it was just a raging mediocrity. Of, of course, but you, that's why you had to see it in the 3D and in the IMAX. It was breathtaking. Yeah, yeah, my bloody Valentine in 3D, which I saw, was actually a worthwhile experience in 3D. Yeah. Without it, so much, no, yeah. no, it's 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 a Dawson's Creek cast member playing a sheriff. Did I mean, you see? Uh, did you see Up in 3D? I did see Up in 3D, but Up didn't really hinge on the 3D. Yeah, I mean, it didn't need to have it. It didn't need to have it. The story elements were strong enough without it. Yeah. Whereas something like Monsters v Aliens, didn't see it. Uh, didn't again. <laughs> the projector broke. The projector broke down. Well, at least you were all docile if it turned pink. <laughs> but again, it's it seemed like like the movie was was kind of built around 3D, and they had a few yeah. gimmicky shots that were built for the 3D. And ultimately, I, I didn't really care about much of any of the characters. It just didn't have any any weight to it. I think if you're gonna throw, I think one of the things you can always throw into 3D, and it'll be excellent, is horror. You cannot go wrong with 3D horror. With body parts flying at you, with yeah, particular, and, you particularly know. the the eyeball at the end of end of a pickaxe, and my bloody Valentine yeah. stuck out for me. Like I want to see the new Nightmare on Elm Street in 3D. That might actually convince me to see the new Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, I'm I'm you know I mean that those movies were so pivotal in my youth, and it's so important. I mean, I lost so many nights of sleep <laughs> from from yeah. I, not, I'm, you know, I, I made the mistake of trying trying to like sneak downstairs and watch that while my dad was watching it when I was ten, and I I could not sleep oh, for, for days. It's terrifying, you know. But the end sequence where he's chasing her around the house and he's on fire. Yeah, I mean, anytime you see Johnny Depp die, it's. It's well, a, not just Johnny Depp dying. Johnny Depp getting sucked into his bed, never to be seen again, and the bed vomits up gallons and gallons of blood, more blood than can be in like a cow, yeah. let alone a human being. It's true. It's true. It's you know, it's 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 disturbing. Um, you know, so I will be. I'll be interested to see because actually, with the new 3D technology, I've been I've, I've been stoked on it. It's not as crappy as it used to be. I'm not. I, it may the technology may not be as crappy, but the question for me is. The cast, the performances, and the writing. Of course, because if some of those aren't aren't firing on on as many cylinders, as networks they need are always to. trying to figure out how they can get around actually having to invest time and money and effort into movies. So this is another fantastic, you know. I mean, like, and what's the thing that um, <laughs> that thing is amazing, by the way? Cute little furry, or just like a, it's like a Care Bear in in Star Trek. By the way, that's something that. Redcliffe mm -hmm. reminded me of it was uh, of the Care Bears movie Forest of Fe Feelings. <laughs> you know that the, the, the I have no idea where the, this the, is coming the, the from. The union or where it's going, of, the, of the Care Bears listen. and the creatures from the Forest of Feeling came together to fight the 
you know, I'm saying it was check out Care Bears Forest of Feeling. There's a great song in it. It's where you but get, there's like, less impalations and flaming arrows and and decapitations. Less, not none. Less. <laughs> so long as there's some, maybe there's then maybe some. I'll give it a look. You know, Care Bears don't fuck around. I was just kidding. yeah, I had to make sure that Jonathan's got yeah. So uh, so one of the ways that you and I uh, became friends was through comic books, Jim. Absolutely. And you're becoming like the permanent co-host on this episode, which is okay. I th I miss you, and I think you're well spoken. We don't get to spend enough time together. Um, we met on Wednesday down at the comic book store. What were some of the books you picked up? What's good? Okay, let's see. What did I pick up this week? Uh, the Doctor Horrible one shot I thought was particularly good. Now I haven't gotten back to LA to my normal store and picked it up. How was it? This is the uh, the one shot that Dark Horse put out. The one shot that Dark Horse put out. Uh, written by Zach Whedon, uh -huh. so somebody familiar with the material, and it plays well. It's mostly an origin story, actually. So you get Who's to see the story? Dr. Horrible's origin. In fact, you get to see him as a young kid and see what formed the impression that made him want to be a supervillain. And you get to see his first encounter with Captain Hammer and his first major plot against Captain it's, Hammer. It's worth picking up. It's absolutely worth picking up. I mean, there's no songs. Right. That's really the only thing missing. Everything else is there. Moist has some good parts in in there in, there in particular. For those of you who love Moist, For, yeah, from the uh, who from doesn't the love short, Moist? Yeah, his assistant. Yes. His, his failure of, insist, uh, of a henchman, his right? Henchman who, who's, who who basically like ruins his mail. So we we've got that book. What are some of the other books that you've been picking up? Uh, let's see. Uh, Wolverine Weapon X I picked up, which is the Jason Aaron the book. Jason Aaron Wolverine Weapon X, which is kind of outside like the main bounds of. X continuity. I'm right. not really. I've kind of fallen out of Marvel regular continuity and, and like these books that are more outside of the Marvel continuity or what I've been liking. You know what? I did read that uh, Jason Aaron has been doing Punisher Max. They just came out with. Uh, he and Steve Dillon are doing this Punisher storyline based it's on the Kingpin. Yeah, it, it's also interesting that Steve Dillon is back drawing that character after how many years? Well, no, no. Uh, Steve Dillon and Darth Garth Ennis did one running up to the release of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, they did a, a Punisher War Journal book. That was pretty good. It was a miniseries, six issue oh, miniseries, yeah, I do, no, I where Maganucci comes back. I do remember. Yeah, I do remember that's that that mini. Now uh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good mini. Now, now I have to keep turning you towards the camera. Um, <laughs> now, now this one but is I'm Jason so Aaron writing, you, Jonathan, I'm and sorry. it's the Kingpin. And in the Daredevil books, Kingpin's been gone, and he's returning now. And Matt Murdock's in charge of the hand. And in this past issue of Daredevil, everybody's like, "Oh my God, Matt Murdock killed Master Ezo, and is you know, and is really bad now. You know, Foggy's." Totally, you know, a hor becoming a horrible lawyer because he's in a crisis about what's going on with Matt and because you know, and Daredevil becoming part of the hand. Uh, Matt Murdock's kind of had a, a mental breakdown, and then this past issue, we reveal it's all part of a master plan. You know what I mean? Like he, he put him to sleep with a punch. The hand only thinks Master Yuzu is dead, and Matt's actually infiltrating the hand to destroy it from within. And the Kingpin's coming back in Daredevil. When I heard that they were doing a Jason Aaron book on Punisher with Steve Dillon, and it was all about the Kingpin, I was like, oh, cool. cool. So they're, they're going to reintroduce the Kingpin in that one, too. Having read the first issue, it's about the origin of the Kingpin, how oh. he starts out as a bodyguard, mm -hmm. and they create the, pink, the Kingpin in the underworld of, of New York to work as a wild goose chase. For, Basically, for he's, a, he's a cipher. He's not a guy who really exists, but then the Kingpin takes over the role? Well, the way that this issue is starting out, uh, you have a back and forth. Be uh, you, you have flashes between two scenes. There's Frank uh, interrogating a prisoner, pretty hilariously, if you guys are fans of like some of Jason Aaron's writing. And uh, he's interrogating this, this uh, prisoner about uh, a meeting going on. You then cut back and forth to the meeting, and someone suggests that they create a Kingpin 
to take the heat off the, take the off heat the, off the all, all their work, right? Because the Punisher's being successful, at t- taking care, taking yeah, everything from the them. Punisher will when he takes somebody down, they stay down. Well, That's and he takes out the whole family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's systematic. So, he leaves no stone unturned, no branch untrimmed. Et cetera, et cetera. So they introduce. Uh, Wilson Fisk, the bodyguard at this point, and even and Wilson's all for the plan, right? He 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 pops a guy's eyes out of his head, which is a great <laughs> sequence, right? Because the guy then puts his eyes back in his head, and they're all screwy. But uh, it, it's a great display of like how badass the Wilson King Fisk is, is. and he's always been pretty badass. But I mean, he but here he is the origin. At the end of the issue, he goes home to his wife and kid. And his wife and kid are like, did they go for it? And you understand that there's been a plan now for the kingpin to, uh, for Wilson Fist to assume the the, the position of a fake kingpin mm-hmm. to draw the uh, attention from Frank Castle, but ultimately he, he's going to have everybody. He's going to have everybody working for him. I have not read this, but ultimately this all feels very usual suspects Kaiser Soze ish. That's right. Overarching grand scheme by somebody who doesn't really exist, but then he does exist, and mm-hmm. it, it's it sounds good. I may actually have to pick this up now. Yeah, that's the new uh, Punisher uh, Max, which is awesome. Jason Aaron's an awesome writer. Yeah, well, uh, they're leading up in the normal Punisher book uh, to Frankencastle, which whatever that is, Frank's been going back and forth with the hood in the mainstream Marvel Universe ah, Punisher okay. book. And they just finished that story up this past week or two. Um, we're, we're here in, in uh, let me just say again, we're here in Forbidden Planet, upstairs. They got all this manga. The manga? How, how do you pronounce it, sir? Mon- manga? It You're, are you a manga fan? It is manga. Do you want to talk on our podcast about manga? Um, it's okay. It's up to you if you'd like to. What are you up here looking for, sir? Come speak into the mic. What is your name, sir? Uh, my name is Stan. Uh-huh. Are you getting Stan on camera here, Daniel? Okay, so Stan, you're up here. You wandered up to the manga uh, section, but you're not a big fan. What, what is it you're looking for up here? Well, I'm actually looking at all of the uh, board games, card games, and uh, oh. Dungeons and Dragons books. Ah. Well, that's something that we don't cover a whole lot on our show. Our show is mainly movies, video games, and comics. What are some of the popular board games and some of the uh, big D and D stuff that you're, you're that's like big right now? Inform some of the audience. Um, well, I mean, in terms of D&D, like, they recently came out with 4th edition last year. Sure. So basically, they're coming out with, like, a new book every single month, more or less. And it's like they always have more and more options. Uh-huh. And, and apparently, your cameraman's holding up the Dungeons & Dragons 4th edition for Dummies book. <laughs> <laughs> How much different is the 4th edition uh, from, like, the 3rd edition, the stuff that we grew up playing? It's uh, more or less completely different. They really simplified the system made it much easier for people to get into they took out a lot of the uh, complexities and a lot of the confusing and contradicting roles and they really made it something that is just a lot more streamlined and just a a bit more fun to play because there's a lot less just flipping through the books because pretty much you know you have fewer attacks and fewer powers to worry about so you just can spend more time playing do you think the Wizards of the Coast saw the success of games like Magic and the Pokemon games and said, we really need to streamline our system to be competitive with this in video games? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, the Wizards of the Coast are the people that also published Magic. But, I mean, I think more what they saw is that, you know, people were playing massively, you know, multi- massively multiplayer online RPGs, and they wanted to make the experience more like that. They wanted to make it more... You know, because, you know, World of Warcraft and games like that have become, you know, mainstream things. So if they're going to make Dungeons and Dragons mainstream, they have to make it play more or less exactly like the game that everyone is playing. And uh, do you take part in the electronic games as well? Or uh, how are board games? Like, like what, what are some of the board games you're in, in, in enjoying? Apples to Apples? Um, no, that's kid from, that's for kids. <laughs> I'm just I'm just. Actually, no, I, I was at a friend's birthday party a month ago and we played Apples to Apples, believe it or not. 
It's a good game. It's a fun little party game. It's it's actually and it gives moments for like various inappropriate. D don't hang out with say. this guy. <laughs> he hangs out at some lame parties. How, how, what are some of the other board games that you you're into? Oh, I'm really into the um, Arkham Horror board game. Oh yes, actually, yeah, I, I played that one too. Really, actually. it's this really fun board game where you're basically fighting against Cthulhu and some of his yeah, minions and things it's, like it's that. Based off of a lot of the H.P. Lovecraft mythos and, uh -huh. and the characters and settings that he developed. You guys should be like best friends, fiction. Jim. You and he should be best friends. What was your name yeah, again? I've, Stan. I've, Stan, you and Stan should get together and play. Yeah, pleasure to meet. I mean, look at this. Look, look at what I've we have. I've played Arkham Horror a couple of times now, and it is a fun game. You end up dying pretty regularly. It's a tough. It's a tough game. It's not an easy one to master. Ge uh, Geekscape is all about making connections. Here we make friends. We bring friends together. I met this guy through Geekscape. Uh, you know, we're in your. Oh, there you go, Stan. Uh, and, and and now look at you guys. You guys are gonna. I'm gonna go back to LA, and you guys are gonna play this this uh, this Arkham game together. Possibly, possibly. I haven't played it in a while. I, I, would, I would definitely be up for a game if, if somebody was putting one together. Well, um, Stan, you should check out Geekscape.net and watch this interview sometime next week. But that's informative. I like that. Um, you were talking about multiplayer games. Uh, what, what's the story on the new multiplayer game that just came out, Left 4 Dead 2? Oh, Left 4 Dead 2. Yeah, I downloaded the demo for that last week. I've been playing it. You play I, these I've games? played through that demo uh, at least yes, ten do. times. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I don't actually own it. Step, step over here. Step over All here. All right, I don't actually... Right? I don't own like an Xbox 360 or a PS3, but I do want a Nintendo Wii. So I, I get the games that come out for the Nintendo Wii. Uh -huh. What are some of the big games for that for that system? Well, I, well, uh, new Super Mario Brothers Wii just came out. And are you enjoying that game? Yes, I am. It's awesome. How far are you? I've only gotten as far as the devil, like the desert level. I haven't been able to play it too much. Well, on my game at home, I basically got up to World 2, the desert level, and I also found the warp to World 5, which was in the first world. Cheater. Well, like, you have to go there to the underwater level. Right? Uh, yeah, no, it's just from what I from I, I haven't played Super Mario since it was eight bit, but from what, from what I remember, like the warps were the way to get ahead and actually finish the game. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like in Unless World, you wanted to spend like six hours beating it. Right. No, in World One Three, there's like basically a hidden pipe, a hidden pipe that takes you to a uh, all the way to World Five. Stan, you are a fountain of information, uh, and and you want to get the Xbox 360 and the PS3 so you can play some multiplayer games as well. Right. well what are the ones that you have your eyes on? Um, well, I definitely like all the Grand Theft Auto games that they're coming out with. Like, I played Grand Theft Auto 4 like for a few minutes once, like as a demo, and I'm just like, I just thought it's like an awesome game, and I, I was a fan of the uh, all the, the you know the the Grand Theft Auto 3 games for you know the PS2. Yeah. So I, I definitely want to like I definitely want to get into the you know the four series of games once I you know once I get an Xbox 360 and Stan you, you seem like a well-mannered individual do you ever do you ever play those games so much as I do that the social lines start to blur when you go back out of the real world like, like sometimes I'm like stuck in traffic back back home in Los Angeles and I'm like you know what I could probably get to that light a lot quicker if I just jumped the curb and get rid of a couple. <laughs> Did you ever find yourself doing that? I remember driving up north and passing a tank that was on a flatbed by the side of the road and being like, you know what, I should steal that tank. No, no, no. Well, I mean, I when I a few like several years ago when I was in college, I'd walk around the city and I'd see a police car and I'd be like, I should walk up to that and do triangle and then I can drive it. <laughs> oh my goodness, wow. you're a dangerous man, Sam. <laughs> Is there a dangerous man hidden one inside triangle? Of you? Button push away from yeah, anarchy. Uh, for, is there a dangerous man hidden inside of you? Uh, probably. All right. I like that's, Stan. That's, Stan is always the point of the GTA like series. Guy. Was there's always a little. There's always that criminal element to like everybody. Anybody could have the drop of the hat. But the big game this week is Left 4 Dead 2. Right. You're oh, into yes. this. I I I'm gonna get back to LA. I'm gonna play this game. You've been playing the demo. I've been playing the demo. And it's a full campaign. 
It's not a full campaign. It's only two levels. You want to talk about this, Big Yanks? Have you been playing? But it's such a great experience that you just want to keep playing it. I mean, I've played. I've literally played the demo ten times because it's that good. I want more. Talk about the differences. There's a lot of substantive differences. I mean, do, do you want to come handle this, Mr. Well, that's, that, that's, please, that please. ties into one of the. There's, there's more As if you haven't embarrassed now. your wife, Tika, over here, camera. There's more, I know there's my more, wife's sitting yeah, over there. There's more modes of gameplay now, including the realism mode. Okay, because see, this is something that, that yeah, those the of us who are. The realism mode significantly changes and drops a lot of the gamey elements of the game. So, for example, the helpful outlines that you have of your fellow players so you can tell where they are and the alerts that you get so and so pinned by a hunter, so and so trapped by a smoker. Those are, Those are gone. gone. So you could turn around and all of a sudden you're, you're all, all by, by yourself. yourself. <laughs> which is probably when about five seconds later a hunter is going to pounce on you. Right. So. But see, that was one thing that I've always, I mean, for those of us who who, who are, are, find a special place in our hearts for the, the, you know, the, the rules, experience. for the rules that, that, are, that, that you have to follow when, when dealing with zombies. I mean, which is one of the foremost of which stay in groups. Stay in groups, but I mean, there's, there's that, the headshot. Yes, you know, that is like, also, yeah, that's another element to realism mode. Zombies are tougher. Uh, body shots will knock them back and phase them, but to put them down for good, you need to put them down with the headshot. Head they also added melee weapons, which... Oh. I mean, let's face it, anyone who knows anything about surviving as zombies is... It's, you it's need a straight, melee weapon. It's straight from it the zombie survival handbook. You never have to reload a melee weapon. Right. And they've got some good ones. They've Do they got, have a Lobo? Oh, no, they don't have a Lobo. No, there's no shovel, no Lobo, sadly. But there are machetes, chainsaw, chainsaw but the chainsaw can run out of gas. Uh. They actually have a gas meter for the chainsaw. That, that makes me happy. Katana blades, a cricket bat is a nice homage to Shaun of it's the Dead. To Shaun, yeah, yeah. Uh, fire axes, the frying pan, which makes a very gratifying clunk sound. Awesome. And electric guitar, which makes a nice clang so, so for all you music lovers out there, just introduce the zombies to your electric guitar. We we often think about. I mean, that's something we think about when we're on the road. Is how are we prepared for, for the zombie, zombie apocalypse? For the zombie apocalypse, you know, we think about how we would retrofit the uh, the tour bus. Turn that fender axe into a real axe. Exactly. You know, these are important things that I don't think anybody really takes seriously, except for maybe you geekscapists. You know, we're. Uh, I'm how constantly trying to inform my wife of things she needs to take care of. You know, I actually, there's a game, there's a, and some people call it a game, but I call it just being realistic and not naive, mm -hmm. is thinking about really, like, who you would take with you. This is something to do with your friends, to find out the value of your friendship, to where, see if you need to invest in other places. Who's going to be reliable who's gonna and be, come through in the pinch, and who's going to be annoying, and you're just going to leave by the side of the road who to do be you zombie need? bait? Exactly. Who's going to be the most beneficial to survival? Who's dead weight, and who's useful? Anybody who's not useful, you know, I mean, like, Sorry. Exactly. Like I, you know, like my fr my friend Jero and I, we've played this game, and I luckily get included because I, I have a lot of knowledge about zombies. You know, reading Max Brooks's literature, fine, fine, oh. informative literature. It's it's uh, a must. Absolutely, you know, must. You you will you will die within a day if you yeah. if you have not read either of those books. You know, uh, being 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 versed in the Walking Dead series. Uh, 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 you know, well, just playing for the lessons for dead. The lessons of group dynamics in the Walking Dead series Most and definitely. how people will turn on each other at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. And how yeah. and how all it takes is one unguarded moment and yeah. and you can also find online plenty of, of of zombie survival surveys. Plenty. I know that there for for one I just took a one recently on uh, Facebook. Mhm. Mm you know, scored up 100%. Excellent. You know, 
But uh, I, make I, sure it's important. I will have you on my speed dial huh. when the outbreak happens. You know, because it's, there's, there's, you know, I don't think it's. it's we're, we're getting we're a little. Uh, this is a this is a great topic and it's a very vital topic. But we should we should go back to Left 4 Dead a little Left bit. Left 4 Dead. There's I'm sorry, still yes, some yes. more features yet to go over. Please, please. Uh, there's new survivors who actually have more and somewhat more colorful dialogue nice. than the previous ones. Uh, Coach in particular, Ellis with his with his good old boy stories is another standout. Like he's he, they're in the parish, which is one of the two levels playable in the demo, and he's like, "Do y'all know what suck the heads means?" Because <laughs> we came down here one time, and Keith, well, he didn't know. It's nothing bad. It's about eating. I'm Zoinks! Guessing, I, I'm guessing this is a is a Cajun crawfish reference. I. Everybody basically, when Ellis goes off on one of these stories, they say, "Ellis, this really isn't the time." and encourage him to shut up. But when he interjects like those fun little moments, they're, they're a nice breath of fresh air, and they bring a chuckle during a really tense game. You need a little levity. Yes, it, it is a tense game, so anything that lightens the mood is helpful, particularly when there's screaming zombies coming after you. Uh, another really substantial difference, the gore factor has been cranked up to 11. Beautiful. Blood flying, entrails popping out, heads coming off, limbs coming off, jibs, jibs all over. Wow. It is it is jib heaven for those of you who love jibbing zombies. Nice. Oh yes, that's a, a, there's new weapons including a a, bo a bile bomb, a jar full of boomer bile that you can throw on a target to make them attractive to the horde. The horde will go after the target instead of you. You can huh. just throw it on the ground to create a diversion for yourself, or if there's a particularly tough zombie, like a witch or a tank around, right. douse them with it and let them deal with the horde. That's brilliant. There's tons of new weapons. Uh, there's AK-47s, M16s, sniper rifles, Magnum pistols. Nice. They've invested so much more content in this game, and it's a much fuller game, much fuller experience, much better rounded, better looking. It's it's pretty much a must. If you love the first one, you're going to go ape feces over this one. Nice. Nice. Jonathan, I think we covered the... We, we've we've had a pretty substantive left for zombie, you know, and zo and zombie apocalypse preparedness zombie apocalypse. talk. Big Yank's going to talk about Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm going to step out on this one since I have marginal Call of Duty experience. Unless, do you want? I know none. So. I'll I'll talk a little bit. I've played I've played World at War, but that's really about the extent of it. I've, You've talked not. enough. You've too. talked I've so talked much. more than enough, and I've driven pretty much every child from the store. So. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> There's Jim, who probably the, shouldn't be within 30 yards of a kid under I, 10. Once he talked about the Christian backstory, like the dude took his son right back out the, the stairs. Yeah, did you see that? Did you, <laughs> this guy brought a kid like, up, and he just goes. So, uh, so, Yanks, you want to talk about Call of Duty 2, yeah, uh, Modern Warfare bit. 2. What, what's going on here? Right who are you playing? Who are you playing? My normal crew, you know. Who who do you play with online from the Geekscape universe? Nobody yet, but I've, they've given me a shitload of invites, and I've been ignoring them. Now, why would I've, you invite a Geekscape's invite? Why would I ignore it? Well, I was playing with my normal clan, and, you know, I know we win. Ah. <laughs> so who I'm is trying to build my rank up. It's all about rank. I know Jake is good. How know. are you enjoying this game? No, I'm liking it so far. I like the different weapons. I go through it, you know. I haven't really played the story mode line yet, but I heard of the... Well, you covered that last week, the, the, the controversial board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten there yet, but oh, I forgot you covered this game last week. No, you can talk about it all you want, buddy. This is your show. What are some of the things? Oh, you know what? Being being such an important part of our community, what are some of the important things you want to say to the kids out there? Stay in school? No, no. Some of the uh, Geekscape uh, kids uh, from the forums. Uh, use condoms? 
You can say that. Yeah. But what do you, what, what, I'm an example. Use condoms. Condoms, yeah, yeah. Trust Yanks, me about it. Yanks, uh, is there any chance that you could possibly come out west like Wookie did and be a guest on the Geekscape couch out in California? Wookie right now is jobless, girlless, and depressed. But I still talk to him every so day. So he's I got time him. to come out. He's got time. Okay. You know, he had he. He had his chance with you know that girl who couldn't, wouldn't you know. Oh, the blue-haired girl. Yeah, she wouldn't give. Oh, it up you go to back him. to that yeah, episode. Yeah, she wouldn't and take give a it look. up to yeah. him. And, uh, you know, cross 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 country driving with. How many nights do you think he had cross country where he had to like sit next to that girl and like be in a lot of no, internal pain? Better question is how many nights where he's just pulled off to the side and just beat it out without her with her sleeping. <laughs> do you think any of it got on her? Huh? Like she wakes up, she's like, she's like, what did you do? She's like waking up to him, wiping her down with a towel. Oh, <laughs> so, my bad, Mark. My bad. So, guys, uh, if you want to be a part of this li- <laughs> lively community and discussion, uh, go to our website, geekscape.net. You can find uh, colorful characters like this individual right Big here. Yanks. Big Yanks. Big uh, Yanks. Jim Pellegrinelli, he writes some articles for us. He's a part of the, the uh, the community. And then there's uh, Scott Klopfenstein. He's been on there several times. And, uh, I like that you tour because you can come on Geekscape. I love it. Um, so, guys, geekscape.net is our website. You can go on there. We have forums. Uh, you can buy a T-shirt for 10 bucks. We send out all sorts of little prize packages with each shirt, and pins are free. Uh, so those are those are always fun for our mer- from our merch store. What do you got? What oh, do you got? I just forgot. I wanted to mention the connection. Uh, uh, Red Cliff, if you play Dynasty Warriors, oh, you're yeah. going to love this movie. Oh, yeah. It's just like Dynasty Warriors. I enjoyed that. With the whole little, little maybe I should play Dynasty Warriors. Lupe, Lupe, Lupe. There's a Lube. part where everybody's like Lupe, and I thought they were saying Lupe, uh, Lupe the maid. Um, so guys, um, this is our episode again. Geekscape.net. Go what check it out. Number is this? this is episode 145. Wow. You trying to stump? You trying to stump me? What? Are, how else can we follow you besides uh, Geekscape? Oh yeah. You, oh, we're, we're, I'm so glad you asked. You can get on Twitter. And uh, follow me at Jonathan London. You can also be, go on Facebook and become our Facebook friends. Uh, just become a fan of the site. Yeah, you can find if people like Pete Yanks, people like Scott, people like on Twitter. I'm sorry. Oh, that's Brian Gilmore's <laughs> extra account. Uh, but just no, go to actually, Geekscape. I, I had that, too. Oh, you I did? I still have the password set up for it. Okay. So uh, that's on Twitter. Yep. So what, what, are you, what are you doing on your cell phone? I'm making sure it was 145. Right. So Jonathan London doc, uh, is on Twitter. We got uh, Geekscape.net. What else? Other Big Yanks, if you want to follow me. If you want to follow Big Yanks, Big Yanks. Jonathan knows. I have. I live a nice life. You do? A uh, funny life. Um, so, guys, that's our episode. We'll see you guys back in L.A. Wave goodbye to everybody, Scott. Wave wait, 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 Everybody come. Groups wait, no? Sure. We should no. all come in. Uh, okay. There's like a couple of no there's some people walking in and out we should we should grab those little kids that Jimmy should we act like you, you guys wave goodbye I'll be See, over look, here. we're all like the typical New Yorkers right short Being Spanish rude. guy oh, look, look, Stan's the hipster Stan Stan yeah Stan, Stan the man Stan. So say goodbye to the Geekscape bye Geekscape donkey punch stay out of fucking New York nice that's how you end it <laughs> <laughs> Don't come to New York. <laughs>